Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their stories, conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have LaShonda Gary, and you know I love to have women on the show with initials after their name, (laughs) so she's got that DD, the Doctor of Divinity, and LaShonda is a three-time author. She is the founder of Dream Build Success, a consulting company for faith-based believers and entrepreneurs. She's an influential voice that has catapulted the body of Christ with the boldness of entrepreneurship through online programs and events where she mentors and coaches faith-based entrepreneurs. She hosts the Dream Build Success and Shift conference on the international tour and she's won prestigious awards like female pastor of the year top 50 women of purpose internationally top 40 in houston and much more so please welcome to the show lashonda gary hello hello how are you (laughs) hello thank you so much for joining us hello ladies i'm excited i'm fired up today (laughs) I am so honored that you said yes. So I'm going to give the listeners a little bit of a backstory. So you were a part of a tour called um, Kingdom Boss Chicks, and you guys came to Toronto. And I was one of the speakers at the Toronto stop. And I remember seeing all of you ladies. And of course, you know, you guys are all well put together, all women of faith. And you were like, the when I say the smallest, I mean, like, how tall are you? Well, you know, I'm five one when I'm full of the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> I love it. Yes, see, I joke around. I say I'm five foot nothing. <laughs> but, but I, but I saw you. I was like, oh wow, okay. And you opened your mouth and you lit up that room. I had goose bubs. I remember that day like it was yesterday. And I said, wow, there was so much power that came out of you. So I'm so glad that we stayed connected. Thank God for social media. But I just wanted to thank you again for agreeing to come on and to share your wisdom with us. Wow. Well, you know what? I remember that day. It was so amazing. Um, And I remember your testimony. And um, I always thank God that I have people that get it in my life. And Mm -hmm. so like you, when I heard your testimony, I just thought, okay, Lord, that's my type of girl because my (laughs) testimony is not pretty, but yeah, it was awesome. I'm I'm glad we connected. We stayed. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and what you just said about it's not pretty. Like I have a lot of women that come to me for coaching or that are in my DMs that are ashamed of their story because they feel that it's not pretty. Your story is not supposed to be as pretty. Like we took our mess and turned it into our message. Amen. Absolutely. You know, um, oftentimes people, they don't know how do we get there or how to get out. Um, and I think it's so powerful that when you can really, you know, you can really rise above the shame and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can understand that your mess, your mess doesn't have to be your, your, it could be your miracle and your message. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can become your monetized brand as well, because you can share the steps on how to take what was meant for bad and turn it to good. 
Absolutely. Everyday living. Yes, ma'am. Turn your pain into purpose. (laughs) That's it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Okay. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all of these different titles that we go by, all of these different hats that we wear, but a title that's not given enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. And every time someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning to you. So I would love to know, LaShonda, do you know what your name means? Absolutely. It means grace. Um, when you look up uh, the terminology of grace, I know that it was not by chance that I was named that. Um, my entire life from before I was even born, was in, it was nothing but the grace of God um, mm-hmm. that was yielded to me. And so understanding my name, really, once I identified that I would be graced to do certain things, that God gave me the grace to really walk in my purpose, I stand proudly in that. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I love that. I love when women come on and they know the meaning of the name because I've had so many that don't know and they've been blessed to find out, you know, on the show. But I love that you know that. And I believe that that speaks true to who you are. Like when I Googled it and it it said, God is gracious. And I said, yes, because LaShonda is a gracious woman (laughs) and she's about to bless us here today. (laughs) Amen. You know, I think that when I did learn that, my life made sense. Um, mm. You know, I always think about kingdom identity and as a faith based woman of God that I believe in relationship. Um, when I learned that that I was loved so much to be called gracious, mm-hmm. it just made my life make sense again, even more. I love it. So what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Well, I absolutely wanted to be an inventor. Um, did not know what type of an inventor, but I was always that creative girl, right? So I would take a cardboard box that was like supposed to be trash and garbage and I'd build a house. I was a builder from day one. And so um, I remember sometimes even in like summer break, I was always a teacher. And so I would teach people, like teach my my cousins and my sisters. I'm like, okay, we're going to school. And they would just sit there and like really listen. And so I would show them, okay, take this little box, take this shoe box. Now, what do you want to make out of it? And and that was just one of the building blocks. So I wanted to be an inventor. Yes, ma'am. Okay. (laughs) So what inspired you to pursue a degree in divinity? Well, I actually was uh, homeless. I actually was a rebel growing up, did not want to listen to my parents. I always described my lifestyle as a Paul, Apostle Paul. And the reason I identify with that, because I was really on my way to hell with a first class ticket. And I was going to throw a party on the way. Um, Mm. And if we were going to turn up, we're going to do it first class. And so when I pursued that degree, it was in my broken season, in a season of depression and suicide. It was in a season where I was educated and broke is how I really identified myself. I always tell people a degree has nothing to do where God wants to take you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was in that season, I met a prophet and I believe in the gift of prophecy and the man of God spoke to me and he said one thing to me. He said that this too shall pass and that the Lord will use my testimony to deliver many people. And I thought, huh? So how are you talking to me? And I'm broke right now. I'm living in my car. Uh, And it was in that season where I thought, okay, Lord, I've tried everything else. I've tried, you know, relationships. I've tried living in the, in the street life, but now I want to try you. And so through that pursuit of identifying who I was born to be, out of the spirit of rejection came that desire to pursue God. And as you grow biblically, your desire to learn more of him. And there was one thing that I remember in my pursuit. It was that if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. And as God healed me in that pain, I began to pursue 
all things in God. And of course, that came divinity and uh, theological studies and, you know, understanding more of biblical terminology. Wow. Okay. So you spoke to at one point being homeless and we've had a lot of women that have come on the show and spoke about their periods of homelessness to now being the successful boss woman that we look up to. So I guess share with us how you got out of the homelessness and and how long were you homeless for? Absolutely. Well, I was homeless for um, roughly six to seven months. I was in a bad relationship and I always say it was a counterfeit relationship. And so something that appeared to be pure, something that appeared, and because this was a person of faith, um, a man of faith, I thought that this is it. You know, I abandoned my family. I abandoned everything that I was born up with, my kingdom identity, because I was chasing a counterfeit person and a counterfeit at the time, God. And so through that, uh, I remember one day I was laying on the couch of a woman of God that was in my ministry, and she sold a $100 seed into my life. She didn't know how that would literally change my life where I could come back home like the prodigal son. And I was able to, from that, say, okay, I'm leaving school. I left school at that time, and I actually drove back to Texas from Georgia. And through that, I believe God dealt with me in over 900 miles almost to a point where he rescued me so I I could come home and really re-identify what I was supposed to do with my life. And so fast forwarding, got a job. I stayed at that job for over 10 years. But in that corporate career, I learned kingdom principles and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I was able to really grow out of that situation. And through the theological studies and religious counseling that I was able to receive, I was able to heal and understand that I was born with virtue. No one had to hold a prize or ornament in front of my face for me to feel valued. I learned how to value myself. Mm -hmm. I was able to pursue and walk myself out of that situation. Wow, that's powerful. That is powerful. You spoke to, I guess, getting out of a counterfeit relationship, especially with a man of faith. And now I'm going to be careful which rabbit hole I go down with this because... (laughs) (laughs) I've been having a lot of conversations as of recent with people of faith about counterfeit relationships and how that is actually possible. And with your background as a pastor, maybe you can speak to this more from a biblical standpoint, but you're not, I'm going to say you're not exempt (laughs) from toxic relationships. If you are within the church, you are not exempt from coming across counterfeit people or people who present themselves to be men of God and are full of narcissism and all kinds of other things. So I guess, can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. Well, this is the part that um, is not so pretty. So when I say counterfeit God and a counterfeit relationship, everything about the package looked like it was according to the will of God and word of God for my life. But when I started to pull back the veil, I understood very clearly that I was living celibate and he did not want to. Mm-hmm. Six weeks before I was supposed to walk down the, the aisle, I actually walked in on my then fiance actually having intercourse with another woman in the ministry. Wow. And wow. I was shocked um, and, I, and I was frozen. And so when I say counterfeit, I saw miracles. I saw pr- people being healed. Now, what I do know is that God has used him and continues to use him. So I I would dare not like name drop. I'm not that type of woman of God. But what I would say is that in that moment, I knew that if I would 
say yes to that, that will be my, my lifestyle probably for the rest of my life. And when you know who you're called and you know who you're called to be, I know that God allowed me to go down that path, but then he stopped me. And I believe that there was an angel of protection that stood at that door and said, this is your rescue point. This is, and, and so for those of you that are in relationships and those people that are listening and your subscribers that are saying, hey, how could this happen to her? I'm not exempt. I was not exempt. I was living mm-hmm. holy, but there were signs. And so I would encourage you to look at the signs. God showed me little things that for whatever reason, because I had the diamond, because I was driving the nice vehicle, because I did not have to work at the time, because I was being groomed to be a first lady in ministry. I was Mm -hmm. not exempt. What I learned is that I had to have my own prayer life. I had to really listen to the Holy Spirit in that moment and say, you know what? I deserve better. I deserve greater. This is not what God has assigned to the will of God for my life. And so mm-hmm. I believe that an angel was on assignment to rescue me. Ooh, I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> uh, I, I have goosebumps because I have been in situations with men who portray themselves to be men of God and men of faith. And I'm going to say succumb to things like infidelity or, you know, other issues. And I had to be rescued from those situations. And obviously, at the time, those things really hurt. But look how we have been able to break through that to become better people and build a stronger relationship with God and be stronger women to set examples and to make other women aware because we're not ashamed of our story. I like to always say that, you know what, sin is sin. Mm -hmm. You know, and what what I fell into was sin. And the only thing that brought me out was the love of God. Mm-hmm. And so not walking in that shame and being transparent enough, it took me some time to understand that I deserved greater. And so thank you for sharing your part of your testimony as well. I believe that as we grow and that we listen to the Holy Spirit, that love, understanding the type of love, the agape love we deserve has mm-hmm. helped me continue to walk even women of faith out of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes. Wow. So <laughs> as, as you said, listen, wh- wh- what is happening today? I like pure goosebumps. Um, <laughs> I have heard from so many women as of lately who I don't know what happens behind closed doors of people or what happens in their head or in their prayer life. But I do know that, you know, they come across as strong women of faith and they seem to attract a man who loves to see a strong woman, an independent woman, a woman of faith, and they are preyed on basically by these counterfeit men. And my hope is that they are not so jaded that they guard their heart, that they no longer desire to love. Because I hear so many stories of bitter women who are hurt by these guys. You, you know, I think that is commonality. Um, one thing that I found is that for years, I was always on the lookout, like, oh, my God, is this real? It can't somebody really love me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, when I met my husband, we're celebrating 15 years today. Ooh, uh, this congratulations. Year. This, I know. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I'll tell you what, when it's God, it's easy. There's, there's no stress. 
um, I believe that God allowed me to go through that. So when the real one came, I'd be able to identify very clear. You know, I even look at the scripture and, you know, even in ministry, the Lord, the, the word of God says that my sheep know my voice very clear. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to do is I had to learn the voice of God because if I would have been walking in that, oh, woe me, told me syndrome, um, that hurt syndrome, if I wanted to repeat the cycle, what I learned is that the agape love that God, that I was really, that Zoe type of love that I deserved, that I had to identify what that was. Mm-hmm. And so when my husband, you know, my man of God, he came along, I to be LaShonda. I did not have to put on, you know, um, like a clown. I did not have to act like I, it was a show. I could just be authentic and transparent. I remember a season that I went through and de- I was so depressed. I really learned how God loved the church because he loved me when I didn't love myself. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you don't that wonder, is that love ever going to come? Once I got healed, I remember, and this is funny, I'm, I want to share this. I remember getting mad when I met my husband because I'm like, I finally love myself. Now you bring him along? Really, God? <laughs> really? You know? Um, and to the point where, you know, I remember my husband saying, hey, I love you. And I'm not sure what you went through, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And allowing me to be healed in the process. And I'm like, okay, God. And my family, they were like, okay, now let us interview him because you know he had to go through a lot. <laughs> right. You know? They were like, and like my sisters don't play, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I thank God that he he stayed the course, and we were able to get married and passport fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, he's my business partner as well. So I'm just so grateful for that. I believe he came with you when you came to Toronto, correct? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Yes. 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 I love that. So how do you balance life and ministry? Yeah, so I live by schedule. I live by a schedule. I always tell people um, I like the block system. And so as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, you know, we schedule everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not, my, if it, I believe what's written is real. If it's written in my schedule, it's real. It is right. important. And I believe that I want to live a balanced life. There's something like, okay, I'm a pastor and I work in ministry, but I'm also a businesswoman. But first thing, I am a wife first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to make sure that as much time as I give the ministry, I understand that my first ministry is my home. And if my home is not at peace, if my home is not at balance, I can never minister to anyone. Right. right. And I learned that I minister to myself first. And I believe in self-care. I believe in identifying, hey, this is on my schedule. And if I can't make time, if it's not a crisis in my home, then it can't be a crisis in the world. Right. And so I identify with that schedule. Um, and I believe that's why we've been able to be in business and we've been able to do ministry and be alive and enjoy it this long. I totally agree with you. I'm the same in terms of scheduling. Everything in my day is on my calendar, whether it be reading, stretching, whether it's like everything <laughs> is on my calendar. And sometimes I have people say to me, like, I can't just call you and you answer the phone. Some people get offended when I say, like, you have to schedule a call. <laughs> my <Yes>. day <laughs> is scheduled for a reason. <laughs> I love that. But I wish I had one of those little buzzers where I can like, you know, when you're like, back in the day, I used to go to the club and they would be like, but like you are on it. Yeah, I <laughs> like even my family and I'm so grateful for them that they understand the pursuit uh, that we schedule our calls. Like me mm-hmm. and my family, we do like FaceTime, we have portals. And even now we have certain times with my nieces and nephews and it works. It makes mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. 
Yes, I agree 1000%. So what inspires you the most about what you do? Though number one, I, I love to see people with freedom. Before, I work in finance. And so one of the things um, I use, I use my company as a ministry tool. There are some people that come and they think they need one thing, but they leave with a miracle. So when I say freedom, um, I think it's nothing worse than when you're a slave and you don't know you're a slave. Right. And when it comes to whether it's financial, whether it comes to mindset, whether it comes to ministry, it comes to relationships. The one thing I love, there's a motto that I have. There's nothing worse than when I see people broke financially and spiritually. Mm. And so if I can give you resources and tools to walk in your freedom every single day, I'm going to do it. And so I sleep at night. Because I know that God has raised me up as a modern day Esther, a woman of strategy, a woman of prayer, a woman that is able to release people into their freedom um, and that I don't back down from. I'm unapologetic when it comes to that part of my life. And I know my veins. And so I was born what I, you know, I was born for this. And so when I am able to give people resources and tools and see them walk into their freedom, walk into that financial realm, walk into that ministry, walk into healthy relationships and really thrive. That's Mm -hmm. what gives me peace. Love it. Love it. How do you challenge the belief that women have about faith and business? Yeah. Well, what I like to do, I like to call an elephant, an elephant, right? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Like Mm -hmm. I've been broke before and I know what it feels like to be what people consider wealthy. And it's, and I'm telling you, wealthy is is a lot better. That broke, (laughs) you will not die of that. Right. And so what I'm able to do is I'm able to give them, whether it's a skill set, whether it is um, a prayer, understanding how prayer um, aligns with your freedom, I'm able to do that every single day. And so that's one of the things and one of the resources, whether it's through marketplace ministry, whether it's this through corporate education and working even with my corporate clients, I'm able to interject into them and tell them, hey, this is what you need to do. You know, X, Y, Z, you know, start today. Baby, I like to call it baby steps. So if you're, for an example, if you are a woman of faith and you're saying, hey, you know what? I keep picking the wrong guy, right? And maybe it's because, you are financially strapped. You believe that your freedom is going to come from Mr. Black Tux and, you know, he <laughs> looks like however. No, baby, can I keep it real for a second? And now I'm, I'm getting excited. <laughs> for those of you that are listening, you're saying, look, I want to be in a good relationship. I want to be in a healthy relationship. Well, you know what? Maybe it's a season where you have to walk in an isolated place. I think that people think that they're exempt from that part of the growth process. And you're not. It's not. It doesn't have to be pretty. For a mm-hmm. season, I believe that being naked and unashamed and walking in that isolated season, it was really where I identified that I already have it in me. The, the fact of the matter is that God is not creating anything new under the sun. Right. He is not that type of God. You already have it in you. So if we can unleash that part of you, if we can tap into that unbroken part and identify what skill sets do you have right now to use what you have. I believe that it is so becoming right now that even today, those people that are listening, those people that are saying, what do I have? What do you have in your hand? What can you use today? Who do you need mm-hmm. to contact? What resources and educational tools do you need? And then really putting fire on that. And I'm known as a fire starter. 
and a revivalist. <laughs> you know, it's so using your tools that you have and being awoke right now. I believe that's what's going to fast forward your process. Mm. Okay, so what advice would you give to a woman that doesn't know what her purpose is right now? The most important thing you need to do is identify God. What is your God, right? Mm-hmm. So I identified my God is Yahweh. I'm a Christian. So for me, I identified how does God speak to me? So if you don't know your purpose, the first thing you need to know, God talks in, and I'd like to give this kingdom principle. He talks to people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Who is it that God has brought in your life to, uh, to help you, you know, rise from your ashes? Then when I think about places, where does God speak to you? Um, I'm a woman that loves water. So I know that when I get around the water, that's when the oil flows. Yes. That's when I get these inventions. That's when I get these, like, I believe they were ideas that were just created for, you know, a hundred years. Right. And then things, what things identify to you? You know, is it that you need to go to a hotel? You need to have a staycation so you can get stirred up when it comes to your faith, when you can get stirred up when it comes to marketplace, when it comes to your business, when it comes to your family. Do you need to get to a place of peace where you have to go on a walk so you can learn how to identify your purpose? You know, it was in my pain I identified my purpose. And can I tell you that if you're in a broken season right now, could it be that God wants you to teach from your broken place? Right. A, a lot of times we look at pain and we say that, you know, I can't grow from this. I cannot pursue my purpose and my pain. That's the best time. Right. That is the best time I, to identify, okay, who else is going through trauma? Who else yep. is going through pain? Who else is broke? If you would have told me that in 30 days, God would take me from $42 in my bank account to six figures, I would have thought you were a liar. But I'm here to tell you, I have the receipts to show you that God can produce. He, I was walking to work. You can't tell me that God can't use your broken season. I remember when people were laughing at me. I had so, so much production in me that I used what corporate America gave me. And I identified, okay, I'm going to teach people how to launch their ministry, launch their business, launch their their platform from mm-hmm. that brokenness. You have to use what you have right now in your hands to get what you need. What sticks out to me the most is when you talk about teaching from that broken place. And for example, like my audience, because I'm so transparent about my personal life and because my brand is my life, they know about the relationship that I was in, they know about the breakup. And at first, when it first happened, because I was in such a broken place processing my feelings, I didn't say anything to anybody for like three months. Mm. But then I realized it was affecting how I was showing up in my business. It was affecting my ability to function with my clients and my ability to engage with my audience on social media. And then I started sharing in my stories, like, look, guys, I'm struggling from anxiety right now. I was open in my stories about my struggle to even get out of the house that day. I was open in my stories about the symptoms of the anxiety and the heart palpitations and the sweaty palms and the overthinking and turning the molehills into mountains. And I was so transparent about it all. And I had women in my DM saying, oh my God, thank you for sharing that. You know, I was trapped in this place. So then I started sharing the tips that were getting me through it, how I was coping. I started sharing, especially because I study mindset and this is what I teach, like all of the principles that I teach to my clients, I obviously had to start applying to myself 
on a deeper level because of what I was going through, the trauma that I was going through. But me sharing that through social media was healing so many women and they were in my DMs thanking me for my transparency and thanking me for even being able to relate to what they're dealing with because we were going through it together. Amen. And I thank God for you. I thank God that even this for this ministry platform, by sharing that, sometimes people feel like they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like when I share that, I had to prepare my family, even when I shared my testimony, that I was educated and broke. And they are the best thing they ever could have did was allow God to use me. Mm-hmm. Allow God to use me from the inside out. Um, My main objective is to teach entrepreneurs, people of faith, how to build their purpose from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Because I see it every single day, people that are wealthy, millionaires that are broken inside. Because sometimes we think that money's going to fix. No, it's going to take the the work. You got to do the work every single day. Like when I was depressed, the the Prozac was not working. When Mm -hmm. I was suicidal and I took a whole bottle of pills. I thought that was my way out. But when I can tell you, it is that it's the hope. So if I can encourage any listener, anyone that, you know, I come in contact with, you cannot lose hope. Don't lose hope and know that what you're going right, going through right now is not until death that God can use you today. You don't have to wait another single day to say, you know what, Lord, use me in this, use me in this broken season. And if I have anything left, can you use it? And you would be surprised how many times God will come in like the raven and he would say, you know what? I'm going to feed you, daughter. I'm going to pour into you, daughter. And those of you think it not strange that you're listening to this today, right? You're, li- you're saying, okay, this is, if you need a sign, this is your sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what you need it today. Walk out of it. You can walk in it and you can walk out. And you do not have to look like what you've been through. I'm a living testimony that God can use the ugly. God can use the isolated. God can use the rejected and make you a resource. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Keep hope alive. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Hope is so important. Like to me, it's not an emotion. It's like, it's a way of thinking. It's, you know, it's your cognitive process. It's a mix of your goals and your actions and the path that you take hope is essential i feel like even in this time dealing with the pandemic no matter what the crisis is no matter what the trauma is you need hope to get you through you know i'll tell you one thing one thing i remember very vividly when i was at the hospital um and i was in that depressed state i mean like if you've ever gone through that trauma and that part of chaos in your life i remember a nurse saying you don't belong here you don't belong here. And that was the person that God had sent to me as, as an angel on assignment saying, you don't belong here. There are some of you that are listening. There are some of you that are connected to this platform and you're wondering, how did I get here? You know, can I tell you that you don't belong in that place? What I can tell you is that God is going to take what you're dealing with right now. And God can literally take it, your mess and you can make millions. Mm-hmm. I can literally take your mess and you can make a miracle. Um, there are people that I come in contact in my office and they're coming in for financial services and they leave with freedom. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I feel the Holy Spirit. And even right now, I know that there's a new mantle. I believe that the Lord, he's raised the standard to let us know that he is our resource, that he is the one that is going to give us um, all things. Even the word of God says that he gives, he makes all things true. Right. So mm-hmm. what, what you're dealing with right now, the chaos, maybe it's adversities, it's attacks, it's an assignment. You have to learn, is this an assignment or is this an assassin that right. is trying to eliminate my purpose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And so what the one thing that I learned is identify, is this something I need to do now or later? Is something that I need to go through, right? Is this something that is supposed to make me bear witness unto others? Is this something that is going to be a benefit for now or later? And what I learned in the word of God, it talks about Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, knowing the time, the season, and the place. The sons of Issachar, they knew what they were supposed to do. So you have to learn your timing. If your timing is off track, everything else falls by the wayside. Right. Learning, is this the time that I'm supposed to go through this? Is this the time where I'm supposed to create the platform, to create the book, you know, launch the ministry? Or is this the time where I'm supposed to sit by the still waters and know that God is with me? He has not forsaken me. Mm. I feel the presence of God even now. <laughs> Amen. Mm-mm-mm. Amen. Mm. Girl, you are preaching to me right now. <laughs> I'm taking in everything. I'm like, you're preaching to me right now. <laughs> so t- tell us one thing that you wish that people really knew about LaShonda. You know, one thing that I wish you really knew is that it wasn't overnight. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overnight. I'm celebrating um, my 14th year as an entrepreneur. It wasn't overnight. And I'm so grateful that at the end of the day, let it be said that I loved God, that I loved God with my mind, spirit, and body, and that I never forgot where I came from. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I want you to remember. And that I'm unapologetic. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm in a boardroom, I may not be able to say everything that I want to say, but those that are in the room, they understand the mandate. They understand the kingdom of God and the, the mantle that I walk in. Um, mm-hmm. Let it be said that I love God unapologetic. Amen. Amen. So have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? Absolutely. Yes, I have. Um, I believe that Well, I'll just share with you. I have a mentor when it comes to finance. I have a mentor when it comes to my ministry. I have a mentor when it comes to women in business. And then I also have my spiritual mentor and my spiritual parents and uh, leaders in my life. And I'm so grateful. I believe that that's why I didn't make a lot of mistakes. That's why I didn't have a lot of mishaps. Mm -hmm. That's why my road has not been 30 years. That's why my road on my process hasn't been a a wilderness experience forever. Um, When you have a mentor in your life, this is two, two things that you learn. You don't waste money or time. Mm-hmm. You don't waste money or time. Um, and so I'm so grateful for my mentors. Absolutely. I love that you pointed that out because that is something that I find is essential in my life, not only to have mentors for the different areas of my life, but that they save me money and time. Because even <laughs> yes, even if it's even if it's a mentor that you have to pay for, that's an investment. That's an investment that you are investing into yourself to save you time <laughs> and to save you stress and headache, to save you the pitfalls. And I think it's important 
I guess that you you pointed those things out about it saving you money and time because there are some people that don't believe in mentors or coaches and I believe that those people don't listen to this podcast because they know how important they are to me but <laughs> if there is anyone listening that doesn't understand the importance of a coach or a mentor in your life and how they can save you those things because you can't get back time so right. in investing in a mentor and saving yourself time and money is life-changing. Absolutely. I think the best thing I ever did was I didn't do it. I learned early on, I don't have to do it alone. Right. You know, that's literally why I went from $42 to six figures in 30 days in my mm-hmm. first business. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go and be an example of what not to do. That's not the right. testimony now. Not my <laughs> personal life, but when it comes to business, oh no, no ma'am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with all that you do um, in business and as a wife and in ministry, how do you take care of LaShonda? What does your self-care routine look like? So I believe in a vacation. I go on a vacation every quarter Mm. and I invest in that. Um, I invest in that very well. The reason is because I know how God talks to me. And if I don't stay on top of that, I would be tempted to go into a season that I don't need to go into. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my major self-care is vacation. Number two, I like to really get to a place where I'm not a big spender, but I do like certain things. So when it comes to my self-care, as far as enjoying and having a balanced life, I like nice restaurants. That's Mm self-care for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to go um, really just spend time with me, myself, and I. And then I like to spend time with me and my husband because we work together every single day and our firm. We have mm-hmm. a, a couple brick and mortars in the state. I like to make sure that when we leave the office, we leave the office and then we do our, our self-care routine. But my number one self-care routine is vacation. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So I have a completely random question. And I ask every woman that comes on the show, and it's because I came across this article in the Reader's Digest that says that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. So (laughs) I I love to ask the women that come on the show, you know, what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it like a high heel boot, a running shoe, a stiletto, a flip-flop, a flat, I don't know, pumps? Like, what's your favorite type of shoe? Well, I love red bottoms, but my favorite type of shoe is a cross-training Nike. Um, okay. And the reason, yeah, the reason is because I ran track. Okay. I ran it uh, collegiately as well. I believe that when you have a shoe that's a cross trainer, you can cross and you can do anything. I'm often, I often preach in my, in my Nikes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I think <laughs> I remember that day you did take off your heels and you put on. Yes, girl. Okay. Okay. Ma'am. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Running shoe fans are goal oriented. If you're someone who enjoys fitness challenges, takes your New Year's resolutions to heart and has been known to go the extra mile with a label maker, you bet you prefer running shoes. This is someone who is very confident, very goal oriented and very organized. They really illustrate the idea of multitasking, taking care of everything and being everywhere. Wow. Does does that sound like you? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Goals, goals, goals. I check check numbers. I check stats. Um, I even have to check myself every single day. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. So tell the people where they can stay connected with you online before we go to the final segment of the show. 
absolutely. I would love to connect with you. You can go to LaShonda Gary on all social media. That's spelled L-A-S-H-A-N-D-A-G-A-R-Y. Or you can visit my website at LaShondaGary.com. On social media, I give a hot word every morning at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Love it. Love it. So I will definitely have all the links for them to connect with you in the details section so they don't have to search too far. And for the final segment of the show, it's called A Walk in Her Wisdom. And it's just a couple of reflection questions and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Absolutely. Okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Dream, build, success. The reason I would say that is because there are so many people that die with their dreams. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't think their dream life is possible. So that's number one. Then I would tell you, build upon your dreams. Teach others um, how to build upon their dreams. And then success, because a life of success is possible. According to Luke 137, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mm. Love it. Okay. Name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. And that could be money, time, or energy? Um, I sowed a seed of $212 and it literally took me from homeless to living a lifestyle that I only thought was possible for celebrities and, you know, those people that was far-fetched that I'd probably never come in contact with. So the best investment I did was a $212 seed into my faith, changed my life, made me realize that everything was possible. Mm, I love that. What new belief behavior or habit has improved your life in the last five years? In the last five years, understanding that I don't have to waste my time on people, places, or things has been the number one thing that I've learned in the last five years. As an entrepreneur, as a a wife, I've learned that um, having people around me that get it is essential to my lifestyle. And not saying that I would eliminate people, but understanding that my time is valuable. And so, and when you violate that, that's a sin. Understanding that that part of my life in ministry has been the most valuable asset. Eliminating those liabilities is essential to success. Mm, that was powerful. Okay. What's a part of your journey that people don't see? The part of my journey is my consistency. I'm waking up at 5 a.m. for the last 10 years has been essential. The part of my journey that people don't understand, that don't really see it, is that I yet seek God in all things. I don't sign a check until I seek God in it. I don't connect with people until I seek God in it. I think that sometimes people think that that's an easy part. Understanding that I had to fire myself as a CEO and allow God to be my CEO every single day is essential. Before I talk to man, I talk to God in everything. And that's a part of of the consistent lifestyle part of behind the scenes. People don't see. Mm. Okay. And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? I wish women would love themselves more and know that they are worth it. And when I say that, I mean, when it comes to relationships and all relationships, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with um, a partner, whether it's with ministry, whether it's with your business, you need to love yourself. I see it every single day that when women don't identify that they deserve the best, they um, adhere and succumb to the least. Mm. Um, And understanding that the Lord, that Jesus died on the cross for you. And if you can get that part vividly, you'll understand 
that you have to love yourself because if somebody's willing to die for you on the cross, a nasty, rugged cross, mm. then you would understand that you're worth it and you're valuable. Love yourself. Love it. Wow. Thank you, LaShonda, for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I appreciate Thank you so much. And I pray a supernatural favor and blessings to all your listeners, your viewers, your subscribers. Supernatural favor. Um, I'll be praying for you and I cannot wait to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And to all of you faith walkers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review on Apple podcast and join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at a And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show, if you can think of one person that would resonate with LaShonda's testimony, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and you can tag LaShonda at LaShonda Gary. There you go. And continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs> <laughs>